If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'm on your host, Blessing Adelaide Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma-fucking-Gettys. Plus, I'm feeling real good today. Yeah? Why so? I got a little surprise for you. Oh. You want to see something extremely are, cool? Are you going to bust out a skeleton right now? Oh, God. He's reaching the same area that Greg reached today yesterday. Oh, they shit. reprinted the original Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That's awesome. Hold on. The original Legend, uh, uh, the Legend of Blue Eyes set uh -huh. and Metal Raiders are the two I got because they're the, the two OGs that I remember the most. So maybe during the after show, we can open a pack I would love to. You know I would I mean? love to. I was just, just talking. Just that little nostalgia hit. I legitimately was just talking to friends about how much I miss trading cards and opening up trading cards and getting that hit. Good feeling. Yeah. Because, uh, what, a few weeks ago now, Janet sent me over the, like, fun limited edition inscription packs. And it's not like the inscription game is just the digital video game, right? They don't have the actual physical game playable. But they printed them out just for the fun of it, right? Just as a collector's thing. And the pack I got had probably 12 cards in it. I opened it up. And the feeling I got opening it up and like looking at my cards one by one it's i was a like thrill, dude. i haven't felt like that since a kid and it was a thrill so yes 1000 i will open with, yeah, these with you just during just the, post get the show. fun of it you know what i mean the smell of the the, of the have track. we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh? we probably Every have. once in a while a little yeah. bit on the shows but yeah because Yu-Gi-Oh meant a lot shit. to me oh yeah i love Yu-Gi-Oh. the difference between pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh is like i feel like pokemon as a kid ushered me and my friends in middle school into Yu-Gi-Oh, where it's like the fact that the show was also about playing the cards meant we actually played the cards. Yeah. Like, there was a level, because Pokemon, of course, Pokemon is a jack of all trades and master of many of them. Yeah. Where, yeah, you had Pokemon cards, you had the video game, you had the anime. Like, Pokemon was everything. Yu-Gi-Oh! just had the anime and just had the cards. And so all focus was on making this card game dope as fuck and, and finding variety <laughs> and finding all the different rules and shit. And it was great. Like, I used to, I'm, I, to, to this day, one of my regrets as a kid was not making enough friends that played Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm. I had, like, maybe one friend, and he wasn't even, he wasn't playing Yu-Gi-Oh. He was just collecting some of the cards. And so, I would basically have to stage Yu-Gi-Oh uh, battles with myself, Yu-Gi-Oh duels with That's myself. That's hilarious. Yeah. That is so the like, saddest, I, best thing dude, in the it world. it was so life. sad. It was incredibly sad. But, like, I did it all the time because I wanted to live that fantasy. And then eventually I, I got a Yu-Gi-Oh video game and I didn't have to and do that then, anymore. Then you're good. Then you're yeah. good. Yeah, me, I had two friends and it was funny. We had kind of a Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander situation going on where I could beat uh, Vince, but Vince would beat Curran and Curran would beat me. Oh, yeah. And it was, just, awesome. it was always that way. But God, I that's it. the best. God bless trading yeah, card games. God, I loved growing up with Yu-Gi-Oh. One thing I didn't grow up with, though, that mm -hmm. I now appreciate, Barbie. Oh, yesterday, yeah. last night, I went to see the Barbie movie, Tim. Yeah. When I tell you that this movie blew me away. Blew you away? Blew me away. I had such a good time. I was so scared that it could have been bad. Mm -hmm. It was not bad. It was actually pretty good. Awesome. They nailed all the things they needed to nail. And one thing that I needed a shout out on the show, because we've I've done the thing now where I have my Michael Sarah impression. Yes, and my Michael Sarah infatuation. Give it to me, bless. I love Hey man. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell you that, like, I, you know, I I appreciate 
kind of funny bits, but like very, uh, very often kind of funny bits can get old where oh, yeah. people are just tweeting that, them to me on Twitter or whatever. And I like check my notifications. And all I see is, hey, man, I'm like, all right, I get it now. I get it now. Uh, when I tell you that last night, there was a moment in the Barbie movie where Michael Sarah <laughs> says, hey, man. No, no. Are you serious? And I fucking died. <laughs> it was the funniest thing that could have happened in the moment in the way that it did. I won't spoil what happens when he says, hey, man, but he <laughs> says wait. it. And legit, I, I'm the only person in the I'm, theater that started busting out laughing. That is It was fantastic. incredible. I've and seen so, it later today. Chat, yes. So I'm, chat, I'm sorry because, you know, there was, you know, a law that was uh, passed where anytime Blessing says, hey, man, I got to bring up Michael Sarah." Someone deleted Michael Sarah from the computer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> Who would do that? Wow. Oh, well, no. Bless, I heard you miss someone else. So, uh, you know. Just because Greg's gone doesn't mean that Skelly has to be oh, away. Oh, God. Why do you have Skelly, Skelly in there with you? Why is he in there? <laughs> Why is he? Somebody help Skelly. Well, yeah, it's funny save Greg's work hey. away from Barrett. <laughs> All right, enough about Barbie, enough about Yu-Gi-Oh, Tim. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Square response to Final Fantasy sales concerns, classic Call of Duty is back, and then also somebody in chat was like, why don't you guys recover Remnant 2? Fuck you, recovering Recovery Remnant 2. Day, baby. Because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad ups, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. Housekeeping for you, our Oppenheimer in review and Secret Invasion episode 5 review are both up right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Oh, that's something else I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. is that... What does it count as Barbenheimer, like the double feature thing? If I do them on two separate days, like back to back, but it's like it, the no. same twenty-four hour oh, period. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah. like what is the cutoff? Because like I finished Oppenheimer at what nine p.m., ten p.m., ten p.m. Yeah, I believe. 10 PM. Yeah, and I finished Barbie the next day by like nine. You know, I'll give it to you. Thank I'll you. Okay. Did it. You yeah. did it. And it was an I'm proud experience. Of you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, cinema's back. Cinema's Fr- back. Friends baby. of mine did do the Barbenheimer thing yesterday, where they went to go see Oppenheimer and then immediately went to go see uh, Barbie. They hit me up. What was it? When did we see Oppenheimer? Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. They hit me up Tuesday night and they're like, "Yo, like we're gonna go see Oppenheimer tomorrow. Do you want to come?" Like I'm gonna be honest, no. <laughs> I don't think I can fucking watch that movie again. <laughs> Let me. I. I Respect to the people that are doing the double feature, because I don't think I could do those two movies in the same no, way. No, 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 no. Oppen- I don't I, think it's worth At least I don't think I could do Oppenheimer first, because uh-huh. I finished Oppenheimer, and I, I don't think, I didn't, I didn't want to do anything else for the rest of the day. I mean, I'm I just needed to go home. It's been a couple days. I still feel that way. Yeah. Like, go check out our interview. It's a really good one for, for Oppenheimer, but also we, we're doing Barbie in review next Monday uh, for Patreon people, and then Tuesday for everyone else. So I'm very excited about that. We have some really fun plans barbie in review that i can't wait for you guys to see hell yeah the screening the screening i went to yesterday it was like uh it was like a bit early right because it was wednesday and they branded it as like this barbie party situation it was at the um, bay street um and <laughs> I, I get there and all they have all the, this barbie party is is 
two people that they hired to dress up as Barbie and a couch and pictures to, to take with them. And I get there. Well, I don't think this was official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get there. I get there early because I thought the movie was at six thirty, and I, I, I'm, I'm stuck in traffic because it was rush hour traffic, and I'm going all the way to East Bay to watch Barbie, and I like drive for like an hour and a half to get there at six thirty, and then I'm like. I text my friends. I'm like, hey, what time is the movie? And they're like, seven. I'm like, ah, shit. All right. So I'm just standing outside the movie theater, just hanging out. And Barbies? I, well, that's the thing is I, I'm like trying to act like I'm not there for the movie. But, but Tim, you're wearing all pink. I'm wearing the most pink shirt you've ever seen. <laughs> and so I make icon. This is actually, yeah. So Bear has up the picture. So this, <laughs> these are the two couches. And then that's the, um, like, this is the area. The two Barbie ladies actually aren't in, in this picture. Uh, I for, actually, do I have the picture? No, I don't. But yeah, like I get there and I'm the first one there and I'm like looking around and then finally I make eye contact with one of them and they oh, start no. waving and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, and they're like, do you want to take a picture? And I'm like, sure, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take a picture. Um, but it wasn't on my phone. They had their own photographer that they're taking pictures with. And so if I appear mm. on a random Instagram influencers <laughs> Barbie like photo shoot. Just know that I, I didn't fully want to be there. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and then also, Tim, can you believe it? Comic-Con is this week. And Greg's got a couple of panels for you on Thursday night. That's tonight. Come hang out with Greg. Catch the premiere screening of the first episode of Twisted Metal. Like I said, Tim, film is back. Uh, and perhaps play a game of Kind of Feudy for a giveaway you don't want to miss. That's happening at 10 p.m. in room 6DE. And then Friday, tomorrow, Greg's hosting the GenVid Slate Reveal, Silent Hill Ascension, and special guests from DC and Gearbox at 11.30 a.m. Uh, Pacific Time in room 6BCF. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Liquid IV, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen! I thought it was Toad for a second. I didn't see the screen. I just heard it. Oh, yeah. No, that's Skelly for you. That's Skelly? Yeah, Skelly's a wild boy. That's Skelly. Skelly is crazy. Story number one. Xbox 360 Call of Duty games are outselling last year's Modern Warfare 2. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Classic Call of Duty games have shot up Xbox's top paid games list, fueled by recent improvements to matchmaking and an eye-catching sale. 2009's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is currently the top paid game on Xbox, followed by 2012's Black Ops 2, 2010's Black Ops, and 2011's Modern Warfare 3. Treyarch's World at War and Black Ops 3 are also in the top 10. These older Call of Duty games are outselling big hitters such as Red Dead Redemption 2, Hogwarts Legacy, Elden Ring, and even last year's Modern Warfare 2. It's a remarkable resurgence for a collection of games once thought consigned to the history books, but recent developments have rekindled interest in this golden age of Call of Duty, fueled by apparent matchmaking improvements made by Microsoft itself. Reports indicate thousands of people were online over the weekend playing these old Call of Duty games afterwards. Uh, word of surprise server fixes spread among the community like wildfire. However, reports also indicate lobbies are still affected by hackers, boosters, and cheaters. Interestingly, alongside the supposed Microsoft effort to sort out old-school Call of Duty came a sweeping sale targeting many of the games. Microsoft and Activision have yet to comment on what's happening, IGN has asked, uh, and the radio silence is fueling speculation both companies are preparing to drop the Call of Duty back catalog on Game Pass. Tim? Yes. When I sat down to start prepping KFGD, I saw this story and I was reminded of the Call of Duty resurgence that mm. Snow Mike Mike's been talking about. We talked about a little bit yesterday on the post show. And as soon as I, I was reminded of this, the first thing I did was turn on my Xbox 
I went to Call of Duty Black Ops, and then I Googled, actually, how many players does Black Ops have versus Black Ops 2? Turned out Black Ops 2 seemingly has more players. So then I went to Black Ops 2. I bought Black Ops 2. Well, I, downlo I downloaded Black Ops 2. You're part of the story. I'm not part of the story because I played some games wow. of Team Deathmatch, and I got destroyed. It was yeah. great. Did you have fun, though? I had a lot, a lot of fun. Dude. I, the, what, what blew me away was all the feelings I got mm -hmm. when I booted the game up and I experienced the menus again. Because, man, like, a it's been, what, a decade? Over a decade now since uh, Black Ops 2. I totally forgot about, like, how that game looks, how that game feels, like, how that, like, the, the, the emotion that that game could spark by not seeing it in a decade. And so going back and being like, oh, yeah, this is what Call of Duty was. Like, this is kind of crazy. Uh... It ignited all that. Going back to old maps that I love playing on, like that ignited the that feeling of nostalgia. And yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, man. I, I'm repeating myself a little bit from the post show yesterday, but I think that it's so cool that we're at this state with video games and the internet being as advanced as they are and able to uh, work with each other, and especially on the Microsoft side with all the ecosystems it's been building over the the years with backwards compatibility and xCloud and Game Pass and just all these things working synergistically to allow... Uh, preservation of not just video games but video game experiences mm. and them just kind of giving a little bit of support or a lot of support I don't want to belittle it at all there supporting um, not only backwards compatibility but the servers and making sure that that is like kind of like uh, helped in a way to allow people to have these experiences these nostalgic experiences that still could be fun today as well um, I just think it's such a, a beautiful thing and I think it's something that we're going to start seeing a lot more of as what retro and this, I hate to say this, it hurts my core. What retro means, yeah. right? What retro gaming means. Like, I, I think we're ushering in this new era from here on out where there is an intense nostalgia for those early Xbox Live days. Mm -hmm. And, um, how do we kind of get that back again in the same way that there was a, a retro kind of desire for 2D platformers about 10 years ago? But that's just how fast video games advanced from the 80s to the 2000s. Here we are decades later from that bless and we are nostalgic for experiences that me and you kind of grew up around like yeah. that was us in our in our prime youth yeah. <laughs> playing video games i mean that yeah that was me in the ps3 era and that was when i first started to get a bit more disposable income that was um like ps3 era would have been high school going into college college for me which i'm sure makes a lot of people feel old and then makes other people feel young but yeah like that was for me such a um definitive era and like i'm sure i could say that about any other era right because yeah. ps2 was oh man this is middle school right like n64 was like becoming like you know these these eras of, of games define uh, eras of our lives in a really cool way and so picking up black ops and going wow this reminds me of going over to my friend stevie's house or going over to my friend Ceremal's house and we would um go on the i always forget the name of the, the level but it was like a yacht level and we would play sticks and stones where it would just be the um the crossbows and like the uh, knives that we could throw like that was that's blast, how we played man. that game. Yeah, yeah, it was a totally. blast. We did that. We did gun game, and that's what oh, we did all the game. time. Dude, gun game Black Ops gun was game such a fun time. Alone, I think I put at least fifty hours into of just playing oh, yeah. that with Black Ops One. And to to Xbox's credit, I played those games on PlayStation. I'm picking up Black Ops Two, and I don't have any like um, saved data, and so I'm starting from scratch. I've seen people online talk about how. Yeah, I have the same save data that I had Dude, I mean, 10 years ago. That's and that's so about. cool. <laughs> and that's, it's this ecosystem that they've invested in that is now going to benefit things going forward, both new games and old. And I just love that so much because we see so many stores going down, the Vita stores down, the Wii U stores down, like all of that. And like Xbox is 
really, really investing in a future for the past. I just think that that yeah. is so damn awesome. And um, talking about the Call of Duty side of it, it's like this story to me is so fascinating. And, you know, we sit here on Games Daily talking about uh, our predictions of what gaming is going to look like in a couple years and like what sales might look like and all of this and how Game Pass affects that and how these acquisitions are going to affect it of like, are games going to sell actual copies at $70, even though they're also on Game Pass? Like, mm -hmm. that is a question that we ask. Are, are they leaving money on the table? What, it, what, it, what have you? Yeah. I feel like stories like this show that the general audience doesn't know nearly enough to make the educated decisions to, oh, I could just do Game Pass. And that is so many people that once they hear it and once they understand it, will do that and so i just feel like there's so many new game pass subscribers on the table that will end up subscribing that at this point don't even know about it and then on the other side it's never going to be all of them there's still going to be the people going to gamestop that when the gamestop person's like you know you could just get game pass or whatever they're like no i'm, I'm no, buying this, this game thing. and they're gonna buy it and xbox is gonna make a shit ton of money because all signs point to call of duty games coming for free on xbox game pass oh for sure sooner than later like I would be shocked if it's not like I feel like at October the latest. Yeah, I think I think whenever legally they have the green light to do this, right? Whenever everything finalizes for the uh, acquisition, immediately you're gonna make this happen. And I, it, it, I, either that or when it strategically makes sense, because I could see the case of well, if if this all happens as we're about to put out a new Call of Duty, maybe they wait a month or maybe yeah. they wait some time. But like I think as soon as it makes sense to do this, they will do it because. Yeah, like get all those games available for your Xbox audience that everybody that has Game Pass and then have those servers on, have those servers improved, right? Fix the things that are that uh, that are wrong with it and have this research of Call, of Call of Duty. And then that starts taking you up for whatever the next step of that is. One thing that we talked about was the idea of what if you could have a Halo Master Chief collection of Call of Duty where it is a couple years from now, you put out the Call of Duty Black Ops collection that are all the classic Call of Duty, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops maps remastered or remade for modern platforms. I would be totally into that. Like, I would buy that in a second. And that's something that, I mean, to your point of money um, money to be made off of Game Pass or on Game Pass, you put out a Black Ops collection on PlayStation. And PlayStation's not going to say no to that, right? Like, that's part of the whole deal that they signed, mm -hmm. I imagine. And that's going to sell. Like, you put that on PC, that's going to sell. Guess what? The next year, you do a Modern Warfare collection, right? Or a couple years later, down the line, you do a Modern Warfare collection. And you can just keep doing these things, right? You get people all the ways that uh, you give people a bunch of different ways to get access to the games that they love. And like Call of Duty is such a powerhouse. It's what we, what me and Greg talked about a bit yesterday. And it relates a bit to what we talked about on, about Zelda on Gamescast, where it's who else can do this? Like, how do you replicate this success? And Call of Duty is a very special scenario where not only is Call of Duty the hottest thing today, it's been the hottest thing for the last decade and a half. And at this point, they have limitless resources to reach back to if they want to bring back the stuff. Like, we're on, well, what's the Call of Duty that's going to come out this year? Modern Warfare 3? We're on the second Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> like, think about that. Like, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, my, I guess my question for you, Tim, is what do you think the next step of this is? Um, it coming to Game Pass, of course, but do you think there's anything beyond that in terms of how they treat Call of Duty as um, X Xbox with yeah, Activision? 100%. And I think especially with the acquisition uh, inevitably going through at this point, like, that is going to be such an interesting time to look at in the next four years of the decisions Xbox makes that we look at and we're like, oh yeah, obviously all the Call of Duty games are going to be on Game Pass. That makes sense to us. We understand that from how the plan is and what they've already built. But to your point, what are they now capable of doing that 
they weren't before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think that to, to your point of Call of Duty being this powerhouse and uh, not only being the game of now, but also being the game of then, those are different games. Like, I feel like Call of Duty has, uh, you know, people can look at it and just be like, oh, it's just, it's an annualized whatever. It's like Call of Duty's put in. Oh, the Call of Duty's evolved. Of evolving and making sure that it is kind of setting the standard of what a multiplayer shooter experience yeah. is. That's one of the things that stuck out to me when I booted up uh, Black Ops 2 is that, oh man, this game feels way simpler <laughs> than what Call of Duty is nowadays because you log into Call of Duty and you have the options of Warzone. You have so many different modes. You have Call of Duty Mobile if you want to pick that up, right? There's so many different entry points, let alone like, yeah, when you get your hands on the controller and you're on the battlefield and, you know, you're running around, the, like, Black Ops feels so contained compared to what Call of Duty is now. And there's beauty in that. But yeah, Call of Duty right now is something that is evolved, something that has adapted to the times, both in a capitalistic sense in terms of expanding, but then also this gameplay is different now. Like, every, everything is, has been leveled up. And so... Yeah, and, and because of that, I feel like the, the audience is already trained to... Uh, understand there are multiple different Call of Duty types of experiences. So you, adding other ones, I don't think is going to get in the way. At some point, it is too much. But at another point, there's so many millions of players that are looking for different things. Yeah. that are like, I, w- I don't want all this stuff. I just want that old experience. Like, because Call of Duty is so big, those audiences could still be in the millions. Oh, 1,000%. Right? I think they would be in the millions. And then I do think that there's an opportunity to kind of even create a new product, your Master Chief Collection um, kind of example. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would have to be even more um, it'd be a more modern master chief uh, collection but like they could apply more modern call of duty logic to older games that would change them and i don't know but that just could create even a new pillar of of what they're doing limitless potential out there yeah like th- things are about to change even in a crazier way for call of duty i mean again warzone already being free to play but now i think the game pass side of things and the investment in all this retro stuff like this is step one and Correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like Microsoft's promoting the hell out of this. No, like nobody is. Like, <laughs> these sales just happened and, yeah. and the servers were improved. And like, obviously they're making things happen, mm-hmm. but it's not like Microsoft and Phil Spencer are getting in front of it and going, hey, look at what we're doing. This is just them testing things out. And that is, I think, a very exciting thing for the industry. Story number two, Square Enix response to Final Fantasy 16 sales concerns. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Square Enix has insisted sales of Final Fantasy 16 are extremely strong, telling IGN the game has sold well relative to the PlayStation 5 install base. The PS5 exclusive sold 3 million copies during launch week, a figure that sparked a debate online about whether it had met Square Enix's sales targets. Final Fantasy VII Remake shifted 3.5 million copies in three days when it launched as a PlayStation 4 exclusive in April 2020. Final Fantasy XV uh, sold 5 million units in its first day, but that game launched on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in November 2016 and remains the fastest-selling game in the history of the series. The debate was fueled by a Bloomberg article that pointed out sales of the game in Japan had dropped dramatically in the second week after launch, that initial sales had lagged behind previous games in the long-running role-playing series, and Square Enix itself was grappling with weak momentum on its flagship franchise. In a statement from Square Enix issued exclusively to IGN, the company pointed to the difference in install base between the PS4 when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, and the install base of the PS5 when Final Fantasy XVI launched last month. Quote, With 38 million PS5 consoles shipped globally as of March 31st, 2023, sales of Final Fantasy 16 surpassed 3 million units worldwide several days after its release on June 22nd, 2023, Square Enix said. 
They continue, taking into consideration the sales figures of the acclaimed Final Fantasy VII Remake and the difference in size of the install base of the PS4 at the time of this title's release, we can see that the attach rate of Final Fantasy XVI is consider considerably high given the PS5 install base. Square Enix considers the initial sales results of Final Fantasy XVI to be extremely strong, and we will continue to carry out a wide range of initiatives to encourage even more people to play the game. Uh, end quote. Square Enix is infamous for its wildly inflated sales expectations, with everything from Tomb Raider to Hitman considered failures internally despite selling millions of copies. IGN sources familiar with the performance of Final Fantasy XVI confirmed sales had slowed considerably since launch, but that the game was not yet considered the disaster some claimed it to be. One source pointed to recent comments from producer Naoki Yoshida that DLC may be on the horizon, and thus further investment in development time as a key indicator Final Fantasy XVI may have legs. Tim, what do you think of all this? Not surprised. I, I've seen this. It, it's, it's so funny that um, the, back in the day, there used to be like controversial games. Like a game would come out and there'd be like a split decision on it. On, is it good? Is it bad? Mm -hmm. Like, and there'd just be like fanboy wars over it. We're now in an era that's so unfortunate that no game can come out without having a discourse online, oh, yeah. without having some conversation. And Final Fantasy 16, for a million of understandable reasons, is a lightning rod for discourse. Like there's so many, so many different discourses happening of, is this really a Final Fantasy? Is it a, a flop? Is it good? Is it this? Is it that? Like there's so many questions that like don't get lobbied at many other games. Um, I feel like looking at the sales data, like it's, I mean, of course it could be better if the sales numbers were higher and they were able to say, it's the fastest selling Final Fantasy. It's the, this it's the, that. That'd be fantastic for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like none of this is surprising because of all of the data they put out here of like, yes, Final Fantasy VII Remake sold better and faster, all that stuff. There were also millions and millions more PS4s out there. Yep. And also, it's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Like, one of the most recognizable game properties ever. Like, Final Fantasy VII is its own franchise. Exactly. And it is more popular than Final Fantasy. And, like, there's just not a debate there. If you were to put out any question about mainstream favoritism of a Final Fantasy, Seven's going to win. Yeah. Seven characters are going to win. Seven, everything's just going to win just by sheer popularity. I'm not talking about quality or anything. It's just popularity. So, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that when they put out a Final Fantasy VII remake that was as amazing as it is yep. on a console that has as big of an install base as it does that that game's going to sell well they also then put out intergrade they also supported it with the dlc that was also good mm -hmm. so like there was just a lot of shit going on there so yeah of course that did great Final fantasy 16 it's a new ip for all intents and purposes right and um i think that it's it's doing great but also in the same way that movies are cannibalizing each other week after week after week and the block box office of the majority of movies that come out this year are going to be lower than if they came out in a different year just because they're all stepping on each other. Games are the same way, man. Like, mm -hmm. these big-ass games, these $70 games, like, yeah, I'm not surprised that some games' sales are going to be a little bit lower because people are out there buying games week after week for a couple for a stretch in um, that April to July kind of state with more coming down the line this year. So anyways, I'm not surprised by this at all. Yeah, and I mean, and we're talking about factors upon factors right especially when you're talking about where we were at in 2020 with a global pandemic as well and game interest being way uh, way up versus where we're at now being in 2023 and seeing some interest slow in terms of people having the money to, to spend on video games there's a lot of reasons why a final fantasy 16 would have slower initial sales than a final fantasy 7 and it's m-rated 
and is M-rated too, which does uh, come in, uh, come into effect. Um, but yeah, like th- out of 38 million PS5s, 3 million in your first week is really good. <laughs> like those are actually really good sales. Um, and so I'm not too, I'm not too worried about, about, about that. And also the idea of maybe DLC coming down Ooh. the road. That's going to be big for it. And Final Fantasy 16, I mean, to, to, for all of what you're saying about Final Fantasy 7 and what we talk about with Final Fantasy 7 practically being its own franchise, when you're talking about the Crisis Cores of the World, Advent Children's, um, a remake. It's called Compilation of Final Fantasy 7. Oh, the, sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. With the compilation of Final Fantasy 7 out remake there. Remake separate, but yes. <laughs> I imagine that is that is the dream that Square Enix would have for any of its Final Fantasy games, right? Now, of course, not oh, yeah. everything can be Final Fantasy 7, but Final Fantasy 16 is theoretically the first entry into the compilation of final fantasy 16 if they treat it right and everything uh goes probably the way that they would love it to go right that is high expectations but yeah final fantasy 16 cool follow that up with dlc maybe follow that up with a spinoff maybe then hey if if those sales look good over the course of a couple years maybe we do final fantasy 16 2 or 16.5 i don't square enix is weird with names they'll figure it out yeah yeah but I would think that that's the plan for Final Fantasy 16, and this is only the beginning. Like they're going to, I, Milk usually has a negative connotation with it, and uh, you know, at least it's not exploit the way that Embracer would would yeah, say it. But yeah. they're going to milk Final Fantasy 16 for what it's worth. I, I mean, I I agree that they will, but at the same time, you look at Square, you look at Final Fantasy, and it's like I don't know that there's any pattern we could really follow. Like we got mm-hmm. 10, we got 10 too, baby. Like that was wild to me. Like that was the first time they really did that, and then we got 11, which was online. 12 happened. And that was yeah. it. There was other games that took place in that world, but they weren't sequels. It was like tactics games and things like that. Um, or even the other way around. 12 just took place in the tactics world. Mm-hmm. 13, 13. <laughs> they're, they're got two had, sequels. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then 14 being online and then 15, no sequel, yeah. but had like the a big city, pack uh, of, so. uh, well, the city is different. That's like, okay. that's like a Smash Brothers. Gotcha. Um, okay. But uh, 15 had uh, DLC and it had like pretty robust DLC, at least like a quantity of DLC. Um, and the movie got turned into the royal anime. edition that like presented the story way better than the original version did. Yeah, yeah, totally. A lot of support for that. Uh, so sixteen, I think, is a really interesting place to to be. Where I at this point think that we will get DLC. There's story implications that I'm like, there's a big one, big thing missing that I'm like, this has to be. That yeah. We have to get answers to this. Um, so I imagine that that will happen. But like a sixteen two, I'm I'm not so sure that mm. that's. In the, what about in a the 16 con. prequel? Any of that. Any yeah. like a, a, a 16 follow real up. follow up. Okay. I I'm a little less convinced on. I'd fucking love it, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. We shall see. I would love. I love the idea um, of like a 16 spinoff that is straight up JRPG turn based <laughs> combat. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about like Stranger Paradise and like get my hands on this and being like, oh cool, an, an action based uh, Final Fantasy game, and then sixteen comes through and it's like, oh okay, well no, this is just what Final Fantasy is now. I'll love to be playing as Clive and like go through menus and like hit a button <laughs> and he do his thing. <laughs> Tim, of course we love menus here, and if you like navigating some UI, check out Patreon.com. It's kind of funny games. Yeah. You can navigate the UI, click mm-hmm. out or check out some uh, cool exclusive shows, and also check out shows ad free. And speaking of ads. Let us tell you about our sponsors. 
This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone. And you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors white peach green grape and lemon lime let me tell you the white peach is good it's real good we hear it kind of funny swear by this stuff one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone real people real flavor real hydrating now sugar-free grab your liquid iv hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kind of funny at checkout that's 20 percent off anything you order when you use promo code kind of funny at liquidiv.com and we're back with story number three remnant two has its reviews out now we got a review roundup for you right now on metacritic it is sitting at an 81 on open critic it is sitting at an 82 travis northup at ign gave it a 9 out of 10 and says it's astounding to think that if i were to create a list of my favorite souls likes my favorite looter shooters and my favorite procedurally generated games remnant 2 would appear on all of those lists what an opening line that i know awesome i've never been so and this is me talking not the review i've never been so sold on a game from just the first that's awesome review damn uh this is a triumphant sequel that doesn't just reimagine the souls like genre as a co-op shoot, looter shooter but uh, absolutely nails that concept in nearly every way, including many that the original did not. With completely engrossing combat, challenging and memorable boss fights, ultra-dense build crafting options, incredibly cool procedurally generated levels, and a clever multiversal concept that allows for a ton of uh, different adventures in one package, it's very likely going to become one of my most played games this year. No matter which part of the multiverse you find yourself in, you should do yourself a favor and play this gem. Uh, Jason Coles at Rock Paper Shotgun uh, gave it um, an unscored review and said, Every aspect of Remnant 2 is excellent, and I've only just scratched the surface. If you're up for round two, you can re-roll the campaign, which completely rebuilds the game with a random collection of areas and bosses. You also have the ability to re-roll planets if you wish, for those who, who just want an extra dose of their favorite area. Remnant 2 doubles down on everything its predecessor did, and the, re the result is an incredible achievement. I'll be playing it regularly for years to come. And then Richard Wakeling at GameSpot gave it a 7 out of 10 and says, Remnant 2 builds on his predecessor to create a rewarding and unpredictable experience that, that's difficult to put down. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You love man. to see good games. You really do. We were just talking about this. I think it was me and you earlier this week talking about how cool it is that a game like Remnant 2 that we've heard of, we yeah. know about, but it's not like the biggest uh, name in, in gaming can come out and really look as good as it as the game we're looking at right now mm -hmm. and review as well as it is and be talked about this way where it's like, yo, we might have another, like a breakout hit, you know? And I think that that's just awesome that that can still happen in an era that I think has gotten so pulled to the AAA or the indie mm -hmm. that like getting something that can be this AAA looking that's not kind of on the, the tip of our tongues when we're talking about that is very cool. Yeah, like, and well, what this reminds me of a little bit too is um, there was a um, Kurt Indoneva from GameSpot has the show called The Kurt Locker. Um, actually, no, this wasn't The Kurt Locker thing, although shout out to Kurt. It was a, a Tamor thing that Kurt was on uh, called Spot On. GameSpot yeah. has the show called Spot On where they do like these 10 minute discussions. Such a good name. Uh, great name. And they had one episode of it where they talked about experimentation um, in like the AAA space and how 
most of the innovation that we see in video games, most of the new fresh ideas that end up sticking come from the indie space more so than the AAA space. And the argument that Tamora and Kurt were making was that they would love to see some of that innovation come from the AAA space as well, because that is where the money is, right? Like you have the money to spend on, hey, let's try something new. Let's try something fresh. Let's try something different. And Remnant, like I, I don't know much about uh, Gunfire Games who develop Remnant. Like I go through their history and they did Kronos. They did um, uh, Darksiders 3. I guess, yeah, Kronos and Darksiders 3 is basically their whole thing. And then they have some other games from there. But um, I guess I don't know where they actually have 82 employees. So I would, I would, I would, I would consider them on the AAA to double A uh, side of things. I love seeing them put out a game where Travis Northup is, is able to describe it as like, dude, it's one of my favorite Souls-like, but, Souls but also one of my favorite looter shooters, but also like pr the procedural generation. The fact that it has all those different elements to it and I've not seen many games try that. That's so cool. I want to try that out to see what that looks like. And on top of that, like this tells me not a game for me, Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like those things, I see how they work together. I see mm -hmm. how a game can be all of those things, and that feels pretty fresh. Yeah, like well, that feels like combining a lot of like great elements that people do love about games that actually complement each other fairly well. One thousand percent. And I read that, and it sounds so much for me. And that's something I didn't know I wanted until I read mm -hmm. through it. Um, and also, I've heard Andy and, and, and Mike talk about it a little bit, and it sounds like something that, that that's for me. But it strikes me similar to I know I talk about it all, this, all the time, but Inscription, where Inscription, I didn't realize how much it was for me until I played it and realized that oh, this combines things I love, like roguelites, like uh, collectible card games, like you, <laughs> um, and you know, really cool vibes and the escape room stuff, like. Man, this is combining so many elements that work for me specifically. Remnant 2 sounds like it's going to be for its for its audience real hard, right? Yeah. And that is such a cool thing. And so, shout out to this. Um, I look forward to trying it out. You know, I got I, uh, I yeah, it's the review, review embargo's up, so I can say I got a code. I haven't started it yet, but now I'm definitely going to rush to start it because I want to see what it's Sick. about. Story number four. Insomniac has offered a new look at Spider-Man 2's Venom. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Venom. Venom. Uh, Insomniac Games has provided a fresh look at Marvel's Spider-Man 2 villain, Venom. A new screenshot of the character can be seen uh, via Entertainment Weekly, which spoke to some of the game's developers ahead of a big com bigger Comic-Con uh, reveal later this year. Candyman actor Tony Todd will be voicing the symbiote-fueled Venom in the upcoming PS5 sequel. Insomniac creative director Brian Intahar told EW that he put off casting the character for as long as possible because I was so scared, quote, because I was so scared of who we were going to get to do the voice, end quote. He added, quote, we knew it, was, it would be so anticipated and people would have a lot of opinions on it, uh, end quote. Thankfully for Insomniac, Todd decided to submit an audition tape for Spider-Man 2. Quote, everything we talked about with Venom, that sense of strength, that sense of fear, that sense of overwhelming, so different from Peter. Tony embraces that completely in his performance, Intahar said. Tim, what do you think about how this Venom looks? Bear got, got I mean, I up. think it looks great. Like, I love this type of super bulky. This looks like Venom. Yeah. Let me just put it that way. It looks like Venom. This doesn't look like Tom Hardy. You know, I appreciate the Tom Hardy Venom movies for all the wrong reasons. Dude, I was going to say, do you? <laughs> uh, I do. I really do. Okay. The Venom movies. All right. You know, Venom <laughs> one. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what I'm saying. What I am saying is I appreciate Tom Hardy's Venom. I don't appreciate him as Venom. <laughs> okay. I don't like the movies, but I like the character. I have no idea what you're talking about. I like his character. I wish he was just They're one and the same, Tim. You got to love both. 
Yeah, then if that's the case, I don't. I, Tim is I trying, don't. To, trying to find anything he appreciates and is no, failing. No, I, I think that his, his, I think that Tom Hardy playing Venom is funny. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. I really okay. do. I get and behind I, that. I enjoy him. I enjoy his weird little, I don't know. Like, okay. He's fucking weird and I like it. I don't like it being Venom. Uh-huh. But, so anyways, there's that. But that's Venom. I, I like how that looks and I'm very, very um, excited to see where Insomniac takes it because I trust them. They've done such a good job. Um, taking characters that I've known and loved for so long that I've seen so many different takes on and somehow make it all fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, and if they can do that to a villain like Doc Ock, which like, I thought there was nothing left in the tank for me after having so many classic storylines and yep. at that time point having just come off um, fairly recently of like the Superior Spider-Man story that I, was thought, I thought was the freshest, dopest take on Doc Ock I could possibly get. For them to do what they did in the game, I was like, oh, man, they still got it. Mm-hmm. I think Venom is a, a, a challenge um, because we all have thoughts on what Venom is. And then the, it's been very much tarnished the last couple yeah. <laughs> years. Um, so I think they have a great opportunity to reinvent uh, Venom again, but also kind of go back to the basics of what we expect. Um, but I also think that it, it's, it, it's going to... They're going to nail it. That, yeah. That's where I'm at. Hell yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to see Venom done well in a space like this, right? That is high high production, high budget. Um, I was going to say live action. It's not live action. It's a video game. But you get what I mean, right? A performed Venom. Because I know you, you get that out of the cartoons uh, uh, often, I imagine. But like out of, t- out of TV and movies, or out of movies in particular, right? We've gotten Venom in ways that we we've not deserved. <laughs> that we've not deserved. <laughs> like, nobody asked for this. Nobody asked for Spider-Man you 3. You didn't like Eric from that 70s show playing Listen, Venom? Listen, I love Eric from that 70s show, but in no world should that man be playing a Venom. I'm no. sorry, Eric, from that <laughs> no. 70s show. I still love Topher him. Topher Grace. God. Hey, hey, Barrett. Um, I'm going to send something to, what would you prefer, assets? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, a really cool thing that I was trying to find here, and it was way harder than I expected it to be, at Comic-Con right now, they're doing mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 panel, um, and uh, they have an activation on the show floor that people can take pictures. You could take a picture in that screenshot that everyone used as a thumbnail for the last oh, couple of years, like the, the screenshot of the reveal trailer for yeah. Spider-Man 2. You could take a picture with them, which is just fucking awesome. That's so smart. <laughs> Damn, we need to get Greg to take a picture there so that like we can just use that for our thumbnails going forward. Yeah. No, because then he's going to take his shirt off, and then he's going to get kicked out, you know? When does Greg take his shirt off? I think you're thinking of shirtless Spider-Man. I think you're thinking of shirtless Spider-Man. I think you actually know, should Greg get shirtless. You know? Yeah, I mean, Greg, totally <laughs> Greg does obviously. get shirtless a lot. I, yeah, I'm just joking. But uh, yeah, we should get shirtless Spider-Man on, on the ground for that. <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> on the ground floor. Uh, story number five. Resident Evil 4 hits 5 million sales faster than any series entry since 2009. This is Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Resident Evil 4 Remake has reached 5 million sales, according to publisher Capcom. Released on March 24th for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC, the latest series entry uh, has reached the sales milestone relatively quickly. In comparison, the last mainline series entry, 2021's Resident Evil Village, took almost six months to, to ship 5 million copies. The last Resident Evil game to hit 5 million sales quicker than this uh, year's remake was, a Resident, was Resident Evil 5. Released in March 2009, it reached 4.97 million sales by the end of the following month and cleared 5 million within three months. The Resident Evil 4 remake sold 3 million copies in its first two days and 4 million copies in its first two weeks, Capcom said previously. Quote, Capcom looks to, to continue expanding the, the sales with the upcoming release of Resident Evil 4 VR mode, uh, free downloadable content compatible with PSVR 2, it said on Thursday. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, man. You love to see it. I love 
the remakes that Capcom's been putting out for Resident Evil. I think there's just so much love put into them and to uh, enhancing the experiences and making, I think, the definitive versions of these games. And for Resident Evil 4, one of the best games of all time, to be remade with so much love and now have a new definitive version, I'm so excited for. For it to be doing well, I think is a great sign. Capcom's out there crushing it. Um, I still have not beat Resident Evil 4 Remake, Damn. but now that Zelda's done, now that Final Fantasy's done, I think I might have the time to go back for it, and I'm very excited for it, because, man, what a video game. Hell yeah. You see the story, or the rumor from the other day, that it looks like Resident Evil 9 is set to release in 2024? 2020, I might have kind of funny. I think it We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget. It was one of those leaguers. <laughs> Dust Golem, Dust I think Golem. it was. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, that sounds right. Yeah. And if, if there's any evidence towards it, I'm like, okay, cool, then yeah, it's probably happening. Like, that's when I would bet that it would... What would, would you want out of a new Resident Evil game? A Resident Evil 9? Yeah. Ah, it's rough, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> especially with where the story's at. Like, I, I mean, I feel like it's going to be Chris. Like, they're teeing that up. Um, and I don't want to spoil things, but like, they're getting weird. They're getting weird. Mm -hmm. Hey, it is what it is. Like, we're way too far gone on this stuff. So... I loved Village. Really loved it. Mm -hmm. It got goofy and wild in a lot of ways, and uh, Ethan sucks as a main character. God, I hate but Ethan like, so much. I don't know. I think that's just where we're at. Like, I, I don't have anything to ask for. I just want them mm -hmm. to put out a game because I just trust them. Do you want, is there a setting you would like? No, not really. No. Like, I, I'm always, you know me, mm. I'm a nostalgic guy. I'm always going to want just... Take me back to another village. Like, <laughs> what I want from Resident Evil more <laughs> than, like, like, legitimately what I would want uh, it's not a new one, but mm -hmm. I'd want a Resident Evil 1 remake. Like, I feel like RE1, Spencer Mansion, all of that done in the RE Engine remake style, I'd be so thrilled about. The original remake is incredible and still holds up to this day. But I feel like that story, that cast of characters, that location, those boss fights would just sing mm. with the, the RE Engine. And I feel like people like you who haven't experienced where it all began. Mm. Uh, and I feel like there's an opportunity even to potentially integrate some of the Resident Evil Zero stuff into it to make it a little bit even more fleshed out. But anyways, that'd be my my hope. RE9, it's going to come at some point, and I'll play it. But we'll all play it. Uh, to a certain extent, I'm a little RE'd out. I think that all of us are. I, I, because... I was thinking about that, too. I think I am a, a bit also. Like, I could use... I, I'd be down for them to take a couple more years off of RE. Yeah. They give us a break a little bit, because, yeah, they've been putting those things out at a really good pace, really consistently, and they all, they've all been very, very good. But yeah, after you play a lot of REs back-to-back, -back, and also I think I might have done this to myself a little bit because I played RE7 and RE8 very close together. Mm -hmm. But after playing like five of those games in a close like you know time frame, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit RE'd, RE'd out as well. Yeah. But I look forward to seeing what they do with RE9. Me too, man. Yeah, I've got, I got trust in them now. I mean, totally. it's Capcom. They're, they're, they're the Cap gods now, so we'll see. Final news story for you. Story number six. Bandai Namco cans Gundam Evolution just a year after launch. This is Wesley Yinpool at IGN. Gundam Evolution shuts down this November, just a year after launch. Bandai Namco said the free-to-play 6v6 shooter will end on November 29th, 2023, making it unplayable. Gundam Evolution launched on PC in September 2022, then on console in November last year. In a note to player, uh, players, executive producer Kazuya Maruyama said the announcement was made with great sadness and issued an apology to players. Quote, 
We wanted to create a title that brought FPS fans and Gundam fans together, Mariyama continued. Uh, we challenged ourselves to create an authentic Gundam FPS game that could be played globally. Unfortunately, we have determined that it is no longer possible for us to provide a service that satisfies our players. End quote. I'm sure this is one that makes Andy Cortez a little bit sad because I think he played he was this. playing this every night. He was playing this every single night. Yeah. <laughs> he would start off with Overwatch and then move on uh, to this and then play yeah. a little bit more Bloodborne every single night. <laughs> Is there anything cooler than a Gundam? No, absolutely not. I just don't think so, man. Like, they nailed the design. It's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, they just look so sick always. And, like, yeah, I I think, you know, I don't know what the, like, the the fan base of this game was in terms of people still playing it and how involved it was. But, like, it being less than a year old, I would think that it's not... I kind of funny.com slash slash you're wrong. I assume this game wasn't dead, right? I assume this wasn't like a oh, we all forgot about uh, a Gundam I mean, Evolution. This is a, what we're watching right here was a trailer from literally a month ago of like updates. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I this strikes me as another one in, another one in that story of man, it's so tough to be a online games as a service game right now. You know, it takes a lot of support, it takes a lot of work, and at a time where people's attention is being split by different games or games that they've solely put their entire selves into it's hard to come out as one that's not a top five uh mm. games or service game right now and so it sucks r.i.p yeah tim i can't wait to see what the next gundam game is oh, and see if me you andy cortez all pick it up and play it together but the release of the next gundam game is just so far away if i want to know what's coming out to mama grab shops today where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got... Ooh, Tim, how do you think you pronounce this one? Krizaki. 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 Knights of the Cross. Knights of the Cross for PC. That's spelled K-R-Z-Y. Z with a little, like accent on it it's like a dot on top of the z and then acy krizaki krizaki the knights of the cross for pc kill squad for ps4 and ps5 Homeseek for pc might and magic clash of the heroes definitive edition for pc ps4 and switch punch club 2 fast forward for pc ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series x and switch Lakeburg Legacies for PC, Nobunaga's Ambition Awakening for PC, PS4, Switch, and then The Sims 4 Horse Ranch Expansion Pack. Nice. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got no new day- dates for you, but we do have a deal of the day. The next free Epic Game Store title has been confirmed. You're getting Homeworld Remastered Collection, and you're also getting Severed Steel. Uh, those will be free to claim from Epic's PC Marketplace from July 27th all the way up until August 3rd. Tim, mm-hmm. now it's time for some reader mail. Of oh, course. you know what else is out today? What's that? Pokemon Sleep. No way. Yeah, on everything. I slept last night. You're lying. I slept with Pokemon last how, night. How was that? Who'd you sleep with? Um, uh, this is a little Pikachu that gets in the gets in the thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I I will say, uh, so far it's been disastrous. No, yeah. no, absolutely disastrous. Um, I I did. I've been tracking my sleep before sleep came out. You could track your sleep with Pokemon Go mm-hmm. the last couple days. So I've been doing that, and that worked pretty well. Then with Pokemon Sleep, I tried to connect it. It looked like everything was great. I hit the thing to go. Woke up. Hit the thing again. It just didn't track my sleep. It said, "Oh, the app wow. crashed in the night." So you didn't. Oh so, shit! So That's far, unfortunate. But it, like, was last so night the first night? It was. Maybe uh, too many people sleeping. Maybe, maybe. But anyways, I plan to keep sleeping. 
So I'll keep you guys updated on how it goes. All right. Let me yeah. know. Maybe I'll sleep with you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe take, take a nap in the middle of the day. See how the servers yeah. are. You know? Yeah. You can, you, it counts twice a day. You can sleep up to twice a day and have it count. Only really? twice. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Pokemon I, well, like, twice, wouldn't that be Pokemon nap? Would that be a sleep? Yeah, it has to be a certain amount of time. I think it's a two and a half hours. Oh, okay. So that is a sleep. It's right. a sleep, Excuse man. Me. It's not Pokemon Whoa. nap, dude. No. All right. <laughs> uh, we got reader mail for you. From Dr. Smith, who writes in thekanafunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, it says, Hey, KFGD crew, there's been some interesting drama around the scope and content of Baldur's Gate 3 being criticized by various developers, including Blizzard, Insomniac, and Obsidian. Some devs are saying that Baldur's Gate 3 shouldn't be used as a new standard for RPGs, calling it an anomaly and rockstar-like nonsense, while others are saying that it should be the new standard pointing out the hard work and struggles larian has had to go through to get to where they are now what are your thoughts on this uh as always thanks for making excellent content tim have you seen this at all yeah i've not I'm, i've barely I, seen i've just seen it. little little back and forths on on twitter and i'm like you know what i don't uh, want to deal with this yeah that's usually usually my take on this again we're in a stage where everyone's gonna have opinions about everyone and everyone's opinions about everyone's opinions are gonna be talked about as a conversation piece and yeah. it's just kind of like all right y'all can we just let people do some things sometimes let people do things is that a bad read i don't know yeah my i mean my read on this knowing not seeing much of the discourse in the back and forth would be that not every game and not every rpg should be measured by the like by one metric no, or the same metric. it shouldn't yeah like every game is different and so my thing and like this is a beef i had when dying light 2 um, when that was announced is like oh we have hundreds of hours of content or whatever they said and everybody was like yeah yuck like this is too much right people are free to say yuck. that yuck, yuck. <laughs> yuck so much <laughs> people are people are free to have that reaction or whatever but also i don't like if i don't want to play that content i don't have to play that content like if if 100 hours like if that game is let's say that game is 30 hours to beat right it just has that much side content I don't really care. I'm just not going to play the side content. That's how I that's how I go about it for me. For in the case of Baldur's Gate 3, I mean, this is a game that's coming from Larian, right? These are the guys that did, that did Divinity Original Sin 2. These guys make deep ass RPGs, right? That are meant to be expansive, that are meant to be deep, that are meant to be these uh TTRPG D Dungeon and Dragons like experiences. Yeah, these games from them, I expect them to be vast. I expect them to be long. I expect them to be deep, right? That I don't have an issue with. That doesn't mean that I'm going to take that and go, now Final Fantasy has to be this, right? Or now Elder Scrolls has to be this or whatever, because every game is different. I'm, I'm a fan of also the idea of the opposite. I like the idea of having an RPG that is under 10 hours. That's why I love uh, The Forgotten City, because they took the, um, like the mechanics and the structure of a Elder Scrolls game, because it started off as a mod for Elder Scrolls, and turn that into an under 10 hour experience and that was really cool undertale is another rpg that's under 10 hours again these are all different games but i think they all have their place and they all add value because they are leaning into the fan base that they're serving and if the games come out and they end up too long or too short or whatever i think usually that just has to do with how that time relates to the content right it's not necessarily because an rpg needs to be 100 hours long or an rpg should be five hours long right i think it all is about context it's all about treating your kind of game right yeah but uh, just to jump in here really quick uh, mm -hmm. not thinking about the content side of it but more of just like the development process uh, i'm of uh, kind of two minds here whereas like one side is saying that like this should be the industry standard no 
Uh, definitely not, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like people who say that probably don't understand what it takes to make a video game, especially a game that is like this expansive. Uh, not every team is uh, equipped who are making RPGs to make something like that. And then on the opposite side, right, of like, you know, um, uh, people saying like, hey, like uh, this type of game should never be made again because of how big it is. I think as long as employees are feeling like they're not being exploited to get this stuff done, uh, like burning themselves into the ground to make this insane amount of content, I think they should, you know, if they're passionate about it and they want to be doing this type of stuff, uh, let them go. And I don't think we should, unless things or stories come out about like the mistreatment of the workers at, Mm -hmm. uh, what's the studio? Larian. Larian. I, I don't think we can really like say like hey like w- we need to assume that these uh, employees were treated poorly. Granted, where video games are right now, like most times it is there are uh, you know uh, assumption of of exploitation. Yeah, but like workplace issues, it's, crunch and stuff. And I I totally agree with that. It feels right? like the conversation is being had before anything has really come out of it. Which yeah, I like weird. I I'm in, again. This is a kind of funny about comps. I'm sure wrong. If there's been a Jason Schreier. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Report or any sort of report about crunch at larian or you know the game is this vast because of these issues then yeah that's a different conversation and that's a conversation that for the problem is this conversation is coming from just idiots on the internet like this like the who others are saying that it should be the new who are the others it's just fucking people with twitter like Mm. this is it's such a non-thing and like like to bear everything barrett says spot the fuck on but it's also like we shouldn't just assume things yeah (laughs) you know it's like i don't know it's just this is so fucking silly but like yeah you guys are absolutely right. Games should be a bunch of different things. There shouldn't be expectations that they're all this, they're all that. Keanu Reeves was in Cyberpunk. We shouldn't expect Keanu Reeves to be in every fucking video game. Yeah. And I don't just mean that as a joke. I mean that as like, yo, CD Projekt Red has the budget to hire the talent that is Keanu Reeves. That also comes with the built-in marketing that that has. All of that can't be applied to other teams that don't have necessarily the same resources. So it's yeah. like, you got to look at each thing as a one-off of like, what do they have? What are they trying to make? Are people being treated right? Is it serving an audience? Like, those are the things that matter. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of RPGs, too, is that I, there are so many different kinds of RPGs that I love. Where Disco, yeah, like, to Cyberpunk, I really like Cyberpunk for the production of it, for how good that world looks, for the for um, Keanu Reeves being in mm-hmm. it, for it being almost like this open world GTA meets Deus Ex type game. But then also, I love a game like Disco Elysium that has the most reading I've ever <laughs> experienced in a video game. And it, but it's it's 30 hours long, it's a, C, it's a top-down CRPG, and it is this nerdy-ass game that you're reading that gets in and stuffy with the dialogue and the text and all that stuff. Completely different kinds of RPGs, but both serve a purpose. Both, I think, 
fill the space well and you're free to have everything in between when it comes to what uh to an to what an rpg is and like to the point of final fantasy too i love final fantasy for the fact that every final fantasy entry every mainline entry is has a different battle system that like could be way more actiony in the in the case of final fantasy 16 or could be straight up turn-based in the case of a lot of cl uh, classic final fantasy games that's the beauty of of what we're able to do here with a genre that has grown and evolved and in some ways doesn't have an identity anymore but that's a whole different conversation yeah, like, give me different ass RPGs. I'm down for it. I don't standardize things because, you know, I don't think that's the way to, to to make things better. I think people should take inspiration, but don't feel pigeonholed by um, the fact that these guys made this kind of RPG. And so everybody should make this kind of RPG. It's like, no, yeah. I ain't about that. I mean, do we want to hear a word from someone who's, like, worked on a video game before in the video game industry? Who's that? Skelly, what do you think? Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, what game does Skelly make? Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Whoa, I didn't wow. know that. Wow. Damn, that's crazy. That's a big game. Good. That's how Skelly got like him. that. He yeah. worked himself to death. R.I.P. Uh, Tim, mm -hmm. we have one more question for you. We can treat this as a, as a quick hit because I kind of like this one. Jake Rocks 007 writes in and says, with the new Kong Skull Island game trailer coming out today, uh, there's a new Kong Skull game. I missed this. It's a bad trailer. Uh, it made me think back to when we used to get movie tie-in video games all the time. If you would get a, if you could get a tie-in video game for a current new IP, what would it be? What style of game? And who would you have make it? You know, this is rough because I feel like we these days do still get them. They're just good and high quality and, and they aren't explicitly based on the games. Like mm -hmm. we have the Arkham games. They're not based on the Dark Knight trilogy, but like we get good Batman games, you know? Yeah. Um, so to really be like, what shitty IP game? <laughs> like, like what eh, game, like a swimming in sevens type game? Like I got Fast and Furious Crossroads. <laughs> you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, that's true. So you did get like, that already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so besides that, it's like, I, you could say something like a Mission Impossible, but I feel like what we've talked about is like yeah. a Naughty Dog Mission Impossible. That's not this. Sure, yeah, no, you 100%. Know? So yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard. I feel like games and movies have gotten so university and, like, like franchised that um, I, I think that the 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 niche for this type of game is a little bit different than it used to be. <laughs> I know, okay, he's not here this week. He's taking a little vacation, our little boy Roger Picorni, and that's because we made him play through one Gollum. Can we assign him to review Skull Island Rise of Kong? <laughs> coming fall I feel like you love it. This seems like he's kind of shit. Yeah. That, that that that's a Roger thing for sure. It is a Roger thing. Uh I'll give me a She-Hulk Telltale game. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. Mm. Yeah. I just you like She-Hulk. You don't think I would play it? Mm -mm. I I would. You Unless would play the first episode and then drop off. Yeah, that's what, yeah, yeah. Like I did yeah. for Guardians. Mm -hmm. No, I watched I watched all of She-Hulk. No, 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 no. If if it was a Telltale game. Yeah. Oh, you think it was, Oh, you think I would fall off after the first episode of the Telltale yeah. game? Yeah, yeah cuz I fun. fell off of it. Like I was excited for the Telltale Guardians and I fell off after the first episode. I mean, there's a good chance you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah, maybe I fall off after the first episode, but I'll give it a shot. Mhm. Mm I'm listen. <laughs> Tales oh, actually, you Tales know what? The Borderlands M Two came out. I did not <laughs> touch that shit. M no, well, no one did. Uh, MPT fifty three says, uh, I think oh, I, I missed it, but uh, she Hulk, uh, she Hulk dating sim. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. That would be like I, if they made it in the vein of um, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog, where it was like, hey, this is an hour and a half long, <laughs> yeah. fun bit, she Hulk dating game. I totally play that. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, I didn't even beat Murder Song of the Hedgehog. <laughs> so, again, I could be lying through my fucking teeth right now. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Tim, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe.
Uh... Lanky Dragon says, Tim said the Vita store was shut down when talking about the digital marketplaces. The Vita store is still up. It's the PSP store that got shut down. Uh, they backtracked on PS3 and Vita store is being closed as well. Oh. Well, uh, they made it harder to purchase things on Vita. I do know. Yeah. I think they did that leading into what was going to be the Vita closure, the Vita store closure. But then, yeah, they. But I don't think they ever up. rolled that. Like, I think the only th- way you can buy things off of the Vita store is you have to, like, get a, I don't know, like a card or whatever, like a PlayStation card, and then redeem that onto your PlayStation account. Mm. And then that'll transfer to your wallet. It's a whole fucking process. CJ Splitson says Final Fantasy 12 actually did have a sequel on DS called Revenant Wings. It's an RTS game. Didn't I say that? I don't know. I wasn't listening when you were talking. Bander uh, <laughs> Ascent says the rumor was Resident Evil 9 would be 2025. Village was 2021, so that lines up. Yep. Um, people are defending Ethan Winters. Get out of here. That's not what this is for. And also, you're absolutely wrong. Ethan Winters sucks. <laughs> uh, ooh, Radic writes in and says, regarding Krasinski... I butchered that. <laughs> Knights of the Cross. Uh, this word, this word, or sorry, this first word is a Polish one and is practically unpronounceable for English speakers. Mm. It means Teutonic Knights. You tried your best though, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Radic. I appreciate that. Teutonic Knights. Interesting. Uh, Shout out to Radic, man. Okay, no, I think we're good. That's it. Nailed it. Yeah. Love us. We're cool people. Bless. We're, we're some cool people. That's why we're about to, order, to mm-hmm. open up a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh cards yeah, in the post show because we're cool. It, That's what cool people do. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling to tick, through TikTok the other day and I saw <laughs> two dudes doing like a TikTok live and they were doing uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh with like the dual discs. Yeah. And like it was the lamest thing, but also the coolest thing to me. Oh, yeah. Like I saw it and I was like, oh, this is the most nerdy shit ever. But also I appreciate the energy. Plus. So they re-released the original cards, right? Uh-huh. In addition to that, to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Yu-Gi-Oh, they also put out a limited edition Kaiba's briefcase. Holy where shit. Where you open it, and it's the three blue eyes. That's fucking sick. And though. I was like, fuck, I need this. $400. Get the fuck out of here. Not a chance, Konami. No. no. I'm, into it. I'm into it. You should have sent it to me. I would have I hit it. I would have done it. They also sell the... Uh, like, the dual disc? Yeah. Mike would have bought that. Mike, would you get that the briefcase with the three blue eyes, white dragons? Uh, yeah. yeah, Mike says <laughs> hell yeah. Tomorrow's hosts for KFGD are going to be Tim and myself. If you're watching this live after the KFGD post show, the crew is playing Mass Effect. Is that true, Mike? Correct. That is correct. They're playing some Mass Effect. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Until next time, Game Daily. Welcome to the show, Mike. I like the, the shirt you got on today. Little downhill mountain bike jersey. Oh. Oh, yeah, dude. So, Mike, did you see this? That they reprinted the original Yu-Gi-Oh sets. Oh, that's pretty lit. So I had, I had to do it. So I want, I want to just give Bless one pack to open. Oh, I love just that. Just so we can kind of get a little, yeah. a little feeling. How many packs is in one box? 24. Jesus. That's, 20. Oh my God. That's so Can much you euphoria. imagine being a little kid? Like <laughs> That's so much euphoria in one box. <laughs> hey, yo, what the heck is going on? Kind of funny, best friends. It's your guys, Snowbike Mike, back at it again with some more KFGD Super Chat post show where you, 
the Kind of Funny Best Friend audience can get involved. You've been watching all morning long, and now it's time for you to speak up and get in the chat. Of course, if you would like your voice heard, you can super chat over on YouTube with that new cool feature where you can get your questions, comments, and concerns read if you want to dive into one of today's news stories to go a little bit deeper. Or if you want to ask Tim, gosh darn it, what's in that Yu-Gi-Oh deck? Let me know in the chat right now. Of course, if you're watching over on Twitch, don't forget, you can use the new Hype Chat feature or... You can resubscribe at the tier one through three level or for free with Prime Gaming anytime throughout this post show. We'll get those questions read and we'll have some fun. But first, we're opening a gosh darn pack because you're we're not going to break the seal it. and not open no, the oh, pack. No, no, no. We're okay? doing so it. We're doing it. Knows. Here you go. So we're hoping oh, for the gray eyes, blue dragon. <laughs> blue, eyes, white dragon. Blue, eyes. Eyes. blue eyes, white dragon. Blue eyes, white dragon. Blue eyes, white dragon. We're looking for the dark sorcerer. Uh, Ma- the dark, dark magician. magician. Dark magician. You're, 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 you're fucking up. You're, you're, yeah. uh, hey, hey, you're fucking I'm with us. Close. Are you? Is, that, is this for real? Are you right now? For someone who watched Yu-Gi-Oh at the age of eight years old yeah, yeah. in the morning before school, I gotta say I'm pretty fucking close. Yeah. Chat, can, we, can, we do a, can we do a Yu-Gi-Oh stream? I know we did that like once before. Remember when we did the Digimon? Yeah. <laughs> Digimon, <laughs> digital <laughs> monsters. I would love to do, there's a game called Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist of the Roses. I, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And this PS2. game, PS2, yeah. this game Shit. makes zero sense, but it's fucking oh, fantastic. I love that. It, that is not how Yu-Gi-Oh! was played, but it's fantastic. Didn't like the show go like this, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! You're freaking the fuck out. Mike, give me your best indie right now. Indie! <laughs> Man, I need that indie game so bad. Tim, that indie game, no. Nobody wants that game, Tim. I want the indie game. <laughs> Nobody wants that. All right, All right so open here, it up. Let's get do it, it going. Bless. I'm going to give you this for the shiny, okay? Okay, okay and now here's what you're going to do. You're going to put the, oh, this is called a penny sleeve, all right? Uh-huh. You're going to put the sleeve, not the way you think, you put it upside down, upside all right? Down. Okay. What? Upside down, because then you get the other sleeve. Oh, uh, yeah, he double sleeves his. Double oh. sleeve, baby. Double I'm sleeve. always a single yeah. sleeve guy. I'm definitely a double sleeve guy. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> so, I, this is my first time opening a pack live on a stream. Is okay. there etiquette to this, Mike? Uh, you open it. Rip it however you want. Rip it however I want. Yeah, yeah. Because then, mind you, we have Skycam above you. Skycam's so not you... looking great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just, like, then you're just going to go like this, and Barrett will yeah. probably zoom in with his awesome camera skills on the one. Carefully. Oh, no. You just I'm so it. nervous to do this it. on the like, camera. All right. <laughs> you're not going to ruin <laughs> it. I, I, there's, normally, so you asking about the etiquette. Uh, with like Pokemon cards and stuff, like there's always like a, a mm-hmm. stupid digital code card and an energy. So people will organize it. Like they count the three, and then like so you, their last card you see is the. The rare, yeah. yeah. I don't know with these packs because I have yeah. not. I just got these, so okay. We'll have to figure out what it is. Nine right. cards per pack. Well, let's just go. Yeah. Uh huh. So what I would do for you mm-hmm. is you're looking at the one. I'd hold it up like this. Okay. And then you just slowly go like this and just go one by one. You might have to do this, like right. You look at it so you can say what it is. I'd and start then with the front. Start with the start. front. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Like, like show this, reveal. Like yeah. Oh, so, okay. Like so this, I actually right? do. Okay, actually. Yeah, do. yeah. Hold it like that. All right. Cool. Let the camera see it. He'll zoom in. Oh, okay. Hold on. Two from the back says two X the, the silence. Back. So you're going to go here. Take one, two. Okay. And then go like that. So hopefully. Yeah. The last one will right be the right. Oh, okay. Perfect. That's the goal. All right. So take a look at it. So yeah, yeah. you got to announce it to us. Okay. So first it. off, we got Yuribi. Yuribi's a little dino- is a dinosaur looking guy. Do okay. not remember him. <laughs> cool. And then you can. Uh, I like very vaguely move remember it, him. Put it right here. I'll hold on All right. for you. Next up, we got Dang. Power of Kaishin. Spell card. Hmm. Equip only, equip only to an aqua monster. It gains 300 attack slash defense. Yeah. Cool. Love yeah. that. Next up, we got <laughs> Frenzied Panda. Oh, Hell yeah. Frenzied the classic. Panda. Everybody loves the yeah, panda. Yeah, that's yeah, 1,200 yeah. attack, 1,000 defense. 
Four star monster, love that. Remember when Designer just had a screaming panda all the time? Oh, he did. For yeah, a while. He, he had us. God, he had like us. Broad Santa Elena. Uh, we got Terra the ter Terrible. Oh. Another monster card. I believe that's no effect. Yeah, no effect. Uh, 1200 attack, 1300 defense. Oh, yes. yes. That's great. Next up, spell card, Mystical Moon. Mystical Moon. So far, not many of these are like. Striking my memory. Yeah, yeah, these aren't like big, um, you know, bi the big hitters yet. Uh, equip only to a beast warrior type monster. It gains 300 attack in defense. Next up. We got. Oh, Wasaki the Legendary Swordsman. Yeah, I remember this I guy. Remember this guy. Yeah. I remember this guy for sure. That's 1100 attack and 1100 defense. What an defense. interesting card as well. Very like, very perfect, like rectangle, very small, compact card. Do yep. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Art is good, but not like. Stand out great. Yeah, like, I mean, these are the classic. Yeah, you know? I was say, like you look at you look at uh, Terra the Terrible, and you're like, okay, uh, like yeah. you know, <laughs> did Tim draw that? I don't know. You know what I mean? All right. Next up, we got ooh, Spirit of the Harp. Yes, Spirit oh, of the Harp. That's a classic. And like the text is shiny, right? Yeah, the text is shiny, which I don't okay, know what that means. Okay, that's a good one. That uh, could be good. But that's 800 attack, 2,000 defense, which is huge. And okay. it's a four star card, so you not uh, no sacrifices needed for this for this one. <laughs> That's cool. Shit, he knows about his Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> you know about the life points, Mike. Yeah, what do you know about the life? How many life points do you think you start off with in Yu-Gi-Oh? Well, seeing how attacks are 1,100, I guess we're going to be at 30,000. No, oh, no, it was way too much. 8,000. Oh, 8,000 life okay, points. Okay, not bad. I'm good close. guess, though. Good guess. <laughs> I was in the ballpark. Uh, next up, we got Firegrass. That's a two-star monster Fire card. Firegrass. Okay, Firegrass. Oh, that's got to yeah, go. Yeah, 700 attack, uh, 600 defense. And then, it's our last one. There you yeah, go. We're our last one. Is. We got... Mammoth Graveyard. Okay. Mammoth oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I never had this one. Boy, Curran did. Is it like special looking? No, but it's okay. 1,200 attack, uh, 800 defense. I so think that I one with the shiny. I take that harpy and I'd put it in there. The harpy? All right. Yeah. Cool. Which one's harpy? Right there. Oh, yep. Spirit of the harpy. It's like you talk. You put it in that penny sleeve. Yeah. So you said um, you slide Upside it in from down. the top. Upside down. Oh my god, a little 18s action. Like that. <laughs> Shout out to All the right. 18s. That's good right there. Uh, Tim's going to open up his pack, and then we're going to get into your questions. We got Steel, Steel Ogre Grotto, number one. All right? Number Not one. to be confused with number two. Mm. Don't forget. Then that's like got... Ogre one and Ogre two from the Halo two days. Exactly. Don't forget I'll about never it. forget about it. That's why god. me and Alfredo became friends. Those guys are good. Tim sharing the DVD of the... those guys playing a little oh uh, MLG Halo. Uh, we got Hinotama Soul here, looking like a Marlboro from uh, Final Fantasy. Oh, I like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. I had that card. Giant fireball. That card oh, really sparks, dude. Nice. I was such a fan of these ones that just directly attack the, yep. the life points. It's like Regeki. Regeki, yeah, Regeki oh, was another one. Yeah. Red medicine, you got to heal them life yeah. points. See, you got all the, all the classic I'm ones. Getting some, I'm recognizing yeah. all those ones. Silver bow and arrow. Interesting. Now you know. Don't remember that now one. Now you know. Now you know. I thought it, Regeki was banned, right, chat? Regeki? I think Regeki was banned. Uh, me and my friends play. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, we have the Machine Conversion Factory. Don't like the way that oh, sounds. Oh, wait. I remember this <laughs> card. Can yeah, I see I it? This uh, equip only to a machine monster. It gains 300 attack and defense. And then, uh, here we go. Give it to Bless. Oh, Final Flame is my rare, it looks like. Oh. With a little uh, shiny text there. Oh my god, Beaver fucking Warrior. Yo, let's go. This was my favorite card for the memes. I fucking love this guy. Look at him. It's like Badoof. Everybody it, it, loves Badoof. Yeah. Badoof, baby. Everybody loves but this Badoof. one's a warrior. Who in the show had that? Was it you? Shout out Bad Badoof. Or was that Joey Wheeler? Somebody in, the, somebody in the show had Beaver Warrior, I'm pretty Joey sure. Joey Wheeler was that yeah, kid's boy, name. Joey, dude. Joey Wheeler, yeah. <laughs> Joey was my guy. He had the bomber jacket. I got a cosplay as that guy one yes, time. The bro. dark gray is the last one uh, here. Oh, man. What a show. Uh, 
Yeah, there we go, man. God. What an insane, what an insane time. Yep. For kids television. Mm-hmm. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Digimon. Yep. You're out there. Your parents would be looking at you, going, "What the fuck are you watching right now?" You know, this is insane. I love. You know, am I crazy to say that Yu-Gi-Oh was the best out of that brand of anime? You are. Mm, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. like yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh was fucking fire. I loved it. I loved it. But like, especially looking back, Yu-Gi-Oh drops off quicker than the other two shows. Mm -hmm. That's that's fair to say. Like Digimon. After, like, Fucking goes hard. Digimon is the best. Yeah, yeah. In terms Digimon of Digimon was very good. Like the story is fucking. Bless, I'm telling you, some. like Pokemon's and fun. Pokemon's light. Pokemon's the classic. Digimon, like watching it as an adult, weirdly yeah. like had me engaged. I was like, damn, I didn't even realize how hard the story went when I was a kid. Interesting. Like, it's so, so good. good. All right, let's so get us back on track. Really we got quick, questions to read right really away. Really quick though, uh, I want to share a clip that I uh, came to my attention during the show. Get it's the really out. funny. It's. Uh, uh, very light Tears of the Kingdom spoilers, but we know that there's a oh, thing okay. called Gloom Hands. Don't worry. The thing past the Gloom Hands is not revealed, but someone ran into the Gloom Hands in the, uh, in the world, and the result is fucking hilarious. We're fighting the Gloom Hands here. Yeah, for audio listeners. We're about to throw out this damn Gloom Hands. So scary. Dazzle fruit. Hey. God damn. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> okay. There you go. Hell yeah. Came with, so, yeah, essentially they were fighting the gloom hands. They shot a bomb arrow at it, and that, for whatever reason, popped up a Korok seed and it came with the caption. I have no possible way of knowing what the intended solution is. That's so that's funny. So good. God, jump in and have some fun. Feel the surge writes in and says, important question for Tim. Yeah. Simple and clean or sanctuary? Oh, my God. I'm one of them sickos that just can't decide. Simple and clean is obviously the classic, okay. but sanctuary is a bop and a half, man. Oh. Especially the orchestrated version, Passion. Ah, I think I might like it better than uh, the orchestrated version, Hikari, of Simple and Clean. I'm, I'm putting Face My Fears over sanctuary. Nah. <laughs> Face my fears, bottom tier. Face my, I've been listening to Face My Fears for a week straight. Yeah, <laughs> I've been hey, listening. Look, I still love it. I still love it. Yeah, it's so good. But, but it's like the Dark Knight Rises of the Nolan trilogy in my mind. No, you're crazy. You're wait. Oh no, no, no. Because that that implies that Sanctuary is the Dark Knight. We're not doing. Uh, it. I think it is. No, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. Simple and clean is easily the best. Um, by far. I'm also okay. saying this is somebody who's only beaten Kingdom Hearts 1, but still. <laughs> I'm going to ride for Simple. Writes in and says, speaking of cards, the Digimon trading card game is really good. Big I mean, man. we learned that. We opened up we something. Did. Yeah. Hey, Digimon. We hey, Digimon. <laughs> uh, CJ writes in and says, thoughts on the new Armored Core story trailer bless. Oh, I've not seen that. Haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. It's live. We'll go check it out in just a second. Mara writes in and says, Tim, did you know that Code Veronica is the Real RE3 question mark. The only reason Nemesis had the number was because Sony threw a fit about Sega getting the next numbered entry in the franchise. I need that CV remake. Yeah, it's weird that we haven't got it yet. Um, mm -hmm. But there's been a lot of rumors recently that RE3 was in fact supposed to be DLC for RE2. And those are like, like Imran talked about that a long ass time ago. But like okay. there's been recent things that have come out that like show more evidence towards that being the case. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know where Code Veronica will fall. I imagine at some point we'll get it because they do treat it like a core part of the franchise more than, 
um, the Revelation games and things, but yeah. Okay. Love that. Um, keeping it going. Michael M. writes in and says, kind of funny Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament. When, bless? I mean, I would be down, but we, it would have to be... We have to figure out a way to simplify it. And also, like, tournament... Is, are people who do we have enough people for a Absolutely tournament? Not. Or would it be to be in play like each other? Yeah, exactly. here's the thing though. I'm so excited. We just announced. need one more person because like I'd be down. So we just need a, like a four. You think person. Andy must have watched and played Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day? I don't know. I no? think he might have missed him. He, yeah, he, yeah. He I think Gundam. he was a, a little bit too old for it at that point. Mm. Um, but with the Pokemon Day this year in February, they announced that they're putting out, I forget the name of it, but like the premium collection or whatever of the of Pokemon cards. And it just comes with three pre-made decks that are like balanced to be able to face each other. Ooh, so there's no cool. collecting or anything. It's like it's more like a board game. Yeah. Uh, and I just I love that. And it's, I think it's coming out in October. I'm so excited for that. I want to do streams of that. I've never really played the Pokemon card game, but like Same. if it feels like it's built for us to just be able to to play the game. So mm. we should do that. That'd be and really then cool. I hope Yu-Gi-Oh does something similar. Yeah, because I would I feel love like... for that. Like a really basic Yu-Gi-Oh setup where it's, hey, we've pre-built these. These are just made for fun. Like yeah. no advanced shit. So sick. Tyler Washington writes in with a really powerful one and a good one. Shout out to Kazuki Takahashi, the creator of Yu-Gi-Oh, who died as hero saving three people. Yeah, I heard about this. Dang, oh, I did not know that. Well, this was recent? Or was it a while ago? I forgot. Three, oh yeah, it, it came up. I think recently. it was within the, like the last couple of years, at least. Okay, because I read it, like somebody brought it up like in the last week, and maybe sad because I, like I didn't know that. Googie, right then. Hey Googie, chances of a KF Spotify playlist with music wrecks. I feel like the three music jabronis. I mean Barrett, Tim, and Bless. Maybe even you had Roger in there. This could be a fun one for y'all to figure out. Yeah, but, I, I've yeah. thought about it before. Mm -hmm. um, I I, mean, I don't really commit to any one uh, music platform. Like, uh, I have access to a couple of the different ones. I kind of bounce around depending on what the artist is or what I'm looking oh. for. And, like, yeah, so I don't know. I don't really use playlists that way. Interesting. I'm a Spotify boy through and through. Yeah, I'm a Spotify I have a guy. couple of playlists. I have one that's just, like, any music song that I've ever liked in my life, I just put it in there. So it's, like, 500 songs of just anything could happen there yeah. and then like i have a couple of smaller ones depending on the vibe but like i'm not a big playlist guy yeah, i just put on I. drake and vibe yeah <laughs> I, love playlists. I, I have apple music um and yeah i i listen i like full albums it's yeah me too i've never understood the more modern era of playlists and ma making songs around just the idea of like trying to make singles and shit so yeah, yeah. i'm I, I i'm both right where i love albums but also you know, whenever I'm listening to an album for the first time, as I'm listening through it, I am adding them to my playlist, like my now playing playlist that I'm always mm -hmm. have on rotation. But then also, I just like making playlists that are themed. Um, I <laughs> I was scrolling through Hinge, Mike. Oh. And there was one, there was one girl who was like, um, in her profile, she mentioned that she makes playlists that are just named after different drinks. And so, oh, like, okay. she, has a, she has a gym playlist that's called Protein Shake. And like she got, kind of goes about it that way, and I was like, "That is a clever idea." I might one. steal that. I might steal that idea. I like that. I love yeah, making. I love just making. Yeah, playlists that are just random themed. I have like a playlist called Crucial Cuts that are just like that real hip hop, yep. mm -hmm. <laughs> like classic hip hop stuff. I got. Um, let's see. Don't worry about this one, Mike. <laughs> Don't worry about that one. Uh, I got a chance to rap. <laughs> Don't worry about that one, Mikey says to me, as got, if as if blessing, as if you're the most unique person that doesn't have a sexy time playlist. Oh, Everybody in their mind, they all call the exact same, same fucking thing. Everybody's got one that's some sort of sexy time playlist. What's the type of guy that walk into the room, point his bed, and be like, "This is where the magic exactly. happens." <laughs> You and everybody else got that blessed. Don't worry about it. 
Listen, all right? When I say, hey, Alexa, turn on the Hue lights. Hey, Alexa, <laughs> play oh, that yeah, playlist. Of course. Of oh, course. Play, 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 of course you've got the setting. everybody what it sounds like. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry Have about it. Have you ever thought about what that sounds like when you say, hey, Alexa, play blank playlist? You know? I just say play R&B playlist. Oh. Uh, I got... <laughs> Why am I sweating? Why am I sweating? The move is to have that set. When they're in another room somewhere, like you got to preset that so they don't <laughs> oh. have the moment of Imagine, watching you well, say. You want them? You want them to walk into my room and music is already playing? Yeah, man, that's ba- crazy. Pandora <laughs> says, "Bless the time a guy with mouth spray in his back pocket." <laughs> I love it. I, I hate y'all. Hate you all. Let's keep it going. I got this playlist also called Saturday Morning Cartoons. Oh, that's good. This is that's not bad. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. Bless. Yeah. I like that. So no, no theme have like you the girl with the shape. Played that playlist. Wait, what up? Have you ever accidentally played that playlist? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you can't go wrong with that one. It looks like he's got some Drake on there. Yeah, yeah. I got some Drake on here. I got the, yeah, the game. Oh, got Drake. some Drake. Can't go wrong. <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Drizzy. I love. I got Drizzy slow, so much. slow jams on here. Um, what was your question? Uh, I was gonna say you don't have. Do you have a theme, an overarching theme, like the girl with the drinks, or you just you no, make it up no. Names? I just I just make some up fun names. creative names here, but like you don't have a theme. No, I don't have a theme. I think I might I might start um, figuring out a theme because I theme. think that's a really fun idea. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Let's keep it going. Christian JPEG writes in and says, "Tim, pregnant Sonic. That's all. God. Pregnant Sonic. What's up with this? What do you mean? What's up with it? He's pregnant." Plus, oh, I know, we need I know, to watch the video. I know you said no, but I think we need to show the world and Mike. Bring up the video. Pregnant right, Sonic. Bring up, the video. Bring up the video. Oh, no. It's the song of the, the summer. Oh, no. It's the song of the <laughs> summer, song Mike. Of the summer. Uh-huh. It's the bop of the summer. <laughs> okay. For sure. okay. You'll okay. understand, Mike. I thought we had a bop of the summer already. No, I did, too. Not that one. Okay. And then this came through. Okay. This changed everything yesterday. Okay. Lighting the internet on fire. We saw it, so you have to as well. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, particularly, I, I found it. And then I sent it to Tim and Bless and told them, whenever I think of Sonic fans now, this is what's going to play mm. in my head. Hey, man. Uh, oh, my God. No, no, no. Check, 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 oh. check, check, check. Uh, no, it's, it's not what it looks I like. I see what's going on here. Can I rap with you for a second? <laughs> Can I rap with you? L- listen, it's only natural to have certain impulses. Whom amongst us has it pulled up? Pregnant Sonic. Oh. It's only natural to be... Uh, excited by something that's filled with life. It's not like an attraction. <laughs> it's thing. not necessarily a sexual thing. No, but there are sexual feelings involved. Of course, <laughs> who hasn't, you know, thought about maybe beloved franchise character Sonic the Hedgehog carrying their baby to turn? Pregnant Sonic. There's nothing. I love that. Nick just walks in at the perfect time. <laughs> I I hate everything about this, except for how this song. Like I, the song is actually kind of catchy. All the content here sucks. Are you guys watching? She's all that. What's going on? So it's not another teen movie. Oh my God. All right, you can turn this off. I hate this. I, hate <laughs> I this love it. I love. See, this is what TikTok is. You know what I mean? This is what TikTok is all. Dude, this should be you, Bless. You should be cooking up some. No, Bless. I will like never this. cook off, cook up shit like you this. You should be. He's cooking. not a stepdad. He's a dad that stepped, stepped off. up. <laughs> stepped up. He put a ring on it. He did put a ring on it. He did put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Absolute insanity. Holy shit. I mean, that's the fun part about it. You know what I mean? People out here thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Here's Mike. 
I'm so deep inside the box. You really are. Normie. That's what they say. Mike, white bread, vanilla, never steps outside the comfort zone. These guys, Mm -hmm. what if we made Pregnant Sonic? What if we made a rock song about it? Fucking genius. Somebody in chat says, why doesn't this ever happen to Mario? (laughs) (laughs) Sonic fans are fucking broken. (laughs) Sonic fans are broken from decades of (laughs) decades. God. Let's Uh, keep the fun going right now. We got one bit snack. One bite snack says, Tim. Tim Fury used some tech, uh, new tech last episode. It could be an other way to make your MH theory work. Tim Fury. Sorry, let me let me see this. Tim Fury used some new tech. What do you got? Lay it on me. She's saying Tim Fury, yeah. as in Nick Fury. Oh, okay. As in okay. the hit show. Mm, can't say that. As in the show. <laughs> oh, invasion. I was thinking. Okay, okay. Tech, I'm on a different one, yeah. Other way to make your M. Oh! Absolutely, you're right. You're right. Oh, okay. You're right. I didn't think okay. about that. It's a good call. You can check out our secret. Don't be afraid to use that. some commas up in this. Like Mike, like why are you reading it like that? Don't be afraid to put some commas in. <laughs> Let me know. Let um, me know. Fun fact, everybody. Um, of course, the new Nas album drops tonight. Uh-huh. Magic yes. Two uh, track list just dropped. You're getting Fifty Cent on it, and then also oh. Twenty One Savage on the bonus track. And so, get hyped, oh. everybody. A it little Nas 50 Nos. Cent. Okay. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Hell yeah. Uh, it's Manny, 2003 again. <laughs> <laughs> we got only a couple of minutes, so let's fast track through this. Manny Bagel Boy Sanchez writes in and says, when that dual disc originally came out, it was mine and my brother's Christmas present, and we dueled on Christmas great memories. You know what I would like? See, y'all bring up the dual, the, the dual, uh, dual discs. Mm-hmm. I want us to have a Beyblade underground tournament here where we get the Beyblade out on the set and we See, just start fucking around with it. I feel like that would be One of them's going to hit the screen and oh, everybody's yeah. going to be A Beyblade tournament, I think, would, yeah, would be more would be fun lit. than a Yu Gi Oh tournament with be us. super lit. I, I, I miss Beyblade. That was like, unfortunately, my cutoff. Beyblade was cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I just I aged out in a way. And, but then you get older and you get to go back, and that's the fun thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I will just say that for any, I know people roll their eyes at Digimon. You're missing out. Digimon is so damn good, and I think that even the people that think they love Digimon mm-hmm. don't realize how good Digimon Season 3 is. Tamers. Fantastic. Probably yes. the mm-hmm. best single Digimon thing ever. Wow. Uh, Mike, what's also, on your really quick, uh, We are now streaming <laughs> on the second stream, YouTube Kids, so if you want to start rolling in over there, I dropped the link for the gameplay stream, which we are now live. You know what? I don't have a sexy time playlist, bless. I have a What's Golden one with some old school tracks from hip-hop. What's uh, golden? That you like a little Jurassic Five reference? Little, it is a Jurassic oh, Five reference. You can man. see the first three are your uh, Jurassic Five right there. Uh, I have music, which is just music that I like. You know what I mean? Wait, wait. Your playlist is just called music? Yeah, it's just music right now. It's I don't have any music. names. You know what I mean? All right. All that right. one's got Start, like 452 songs. Start up your sexy time playlist. Put Pregnant Sonic on there. Pregnant Sonic Plus, that's for you. Is it on Spotify? Absolutely not. <laughs> that's for you. That's Absolutely for you. not. Uh, let's go back. Bear King writes, it's time to duel. Uh, Rudio writes, as the people head to the cinemas this weekend, what are the essential snacks one must purchase at the concession stand for Barbenheimer forever? Mm. AMC has this new green apple slush. Oh. That was hidden. Yeah, but both the different AMCs I went to in the last couple of days had it. And so I imagine that it's just a staple. Um, get that green apple slush for sure. I'm a big fan of the trolley gummy worms. Um, and so I got to get that, especially if I'm not feeling in the mood for popcorn. But most of the time I am in the mood for popcorn. But like doing movies back to back on two days, I had to take a break from it. So yeah, the trolley gummy worms I'll put up there. And then yeah, get yourself a popcorn. Why not? You know, 
Put some like why not? Why not? Why, why not? You're at the movies. Have a good time. Movies. Put some like more um like um you know what I what I miss? My movie theater back at home in Champaign, Illinois had an assortment of different like uh, like salts and like I forget the exact words for, for them. Accoutrements. Accoutrements, right? <laughs> and so you have, like, the cheese flavoring you'd put in there. Like, di- a bunch of different kinds of flavoring you can put in your popcorn. Um, oh, those were big for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were, those were hot. I'm not, I've not seen those since leaving Illinois. Well, you know why? The pandemic. The pandemic and fucking you were dropping it on the floor and poor Tim had to clean it up every single night. <laughs> There's enough trash and garbage. Bring no those more. back. What hey, in God's name you would doing? Be the Andrew Goldfarb invited me to a raid. I have to get the Red Gialecki. I don't know what to tell Tim, you, we're Mike. Doing shit. I, I, we're, we're catching a fucking Red Gialecki. That's what Let's we're doing. Go. We only have a couple more questions right I now. I want to tell you something. That My answer to that question, <laughs> thank you for asking. Uh, when I go to movie theaters uh, these days, I have a very specific order, yeah, a very yeah. sane normal order. If, they're, if they have beer, I get yeah. the beer got a beer one nice. beer right a you beer know what else okay. i get two hot dogs you know oh, what i yeah. put on those hot dogs oh. nothing i just fucking eat the hot Plain dogs. Ass hot dogs you're yeah. eating the hot dog raw you're why? absolutely insane this I, man is you're raw you're wrong i'm, I'm raw dogging it. raw dogging the raw dog unedited and, and here's unedited the thing glizzy that's crazy here's, yeah dude <laughs> I, I i it was up to me i would of course i would want the the ketchup of course i'd yes. want it on there mm-hmm. the amount of pre post pandemic you have to rip open the ketchup packets I ain't about that life. No, I am not about the ketchup packet life, man. They need to figure that shit uh, out. Well, yeah, well, I, I do miss. Pump. Yeah, I'm, I do miss the pump for the ketchup and the um, fucking. What also, is those are too dirty. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of a man from experience, you don't want those in your restaurant. All right. Like, Fair enough. Tell you what, bad stuff. Fair enough. Yep. You want tile underneath it? Here's the catch, Tim. Tile. You want tile underneath because if you have carpet underneath the ketchup dispensers, then the ketchup oh, is going to yeah. get on the carpet. Oh, yeah. It's going to get smashed yeah. up in there. Yeah. But if you have tile, mm-hmm. then Susie's going to slip on it because fucking Gotta Andrew care about put Susie. a bunch of mess- mustard on it, and then you slip on it. It's mm-hmm. just a dance. It's an awful dance. Gabriel Garcia says, I'm sneaking in a pasta salad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's finish this out. Ballers Menace. only writes, Barrett, I love the uh, Pochita shirt. Pochita? Pochita. Pochita. Gotta love that show. He is so cute. Uh, Satwood writes in and says, are you fans of hip-hop supervillain MF Doom? You know what? Unfortunately, I am not. Okay. Mm. Yeah. MF Doom should be so up my alley. Uh-huh. It's just not. I like M- MF Doom. Okay. Um, I'm not deep into his catalog, okay. but... I pre- I like I, his most uh, popular album, like his most famous album. I've listened to quite a few times, uh, and I've appreciated it. Okay. Not a big fan of his like off flow, flow. You know where he's like kind of just like, it doesn't matter what the beat is. He's just fucking doing his thing. Okay. Yeah, I like Not that. for me. Okay. I, I've never listened to an MF Doom track, so I will put that in my back pocket. Oh. Mike, what if I rest told you that, that? Yeah, rest in peace, of course. But uh, what if peace. I told you that MF Doom wears a mask? Yes. And he performed like a Doctor Doom style. Looks mask. like Doctor Doom. What if I told you that in 2007 he had a tour? And he didn't even go on the tour. He just had other people go out wearing a fucking mask. That's so sick. It's, it's also felt. fucked up. Anyone can wear the mask. <laughs> Very not okay. Anyone can <laughs> wear the mask. Hold up. Nobody knew? <laughs> no. And then he got exposed for so it. So who was he letting on? Reggie, his homie? Or was it like the 50 audience. Cent? What? Like, who, I mean, who like, was on stage? Who was on stage? Oh, was it I like, it was oh my random. God, it's Nas singing? Or was it like, oh, that's just I, my buddy Bless over I, there? I don't, I, I don't know, actually. Can you imagine? I don't, it might have been lip sync. I mean, it was a big like controversy. Did we ever have a conversation about that? Like, I'll, is I'll, there I'll, some sort of document? Is there a documentary about that? About the MF Doom? Yeah, where we get to learn of like why he chose that? Because that would be insane. No, I, I mean, this was like during the, the early blog era okay, of okay. rap, the smoking section, two dope boys. Like, uh, we got we to gotta, uh, promote a kind of funny live over the course of months, and then the audience gets there, and then Funhouse comes out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. 
<laughs> um, all right, we're finishing it off right now. Uh, Antigua writes in and says, just beat Final Fantasy 16, and I need a spoiler cast. Please keep beating the drum chat on Legend of Zelda and Final Fantasy. We will break Tim, and he will do it. That's all that <laughs> yes, matters. Yes. yes. Mad uh, Villainy was the album I was talking about. Also, he has an album called mm, Food, yeah. where he just raps out food. It's great. Like Nestor, not Nestor, writes in with a good one. Shout out to our nonprofit, www. Shout to our nonprofit. Oh, www. We can hear an echo, Barrett. Shout echo. to our nonprofit. Echo. Oh. Oh, it's gone. WCCshope.org. We are a domestic violence shelter aiding survivors in DV in Whittier, California. I love you, KF, and have a lovely day. Well, shout out to all of you for doing some good stuff out there. Thank you for putting that on our map and our radar. That will conclude today's Kind of Funny Games Daily Super Chat section with myself and your two incredible, lovely Games Daily show hosts. I hope you enjoyed your fun Thursday. We are almost done with the week, but we have so much more dope content coming your way. The guys are going to finish Mass Effect today. Wow. You're going to have a great time with Commander Space Bike Mike ruling the galaxy with an iron fist, as many of you know, because I have not been good to the people of space out there. In Mike. It's truly incredible. And then after that, we have an X-Cast. We have so much more content. On Friday, we have a really fun, awesome party stream. We're going to play Tomorrow. some party games and hang out. We're calling it TGIKF. Oh. Yeah, oh. Andy thought of that. He's oh, so talented. Andy thought so of that. You know what I mean? So we're, we're going to put that branding out there just for fun, see how it goes. Oh, yeah. But uh, with that, this will be the end. So have a wonderful day. Goodbye, everyone.